1: Visit RobertHalf.com today.
0: Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co creator of Yellowstone.
1: There's some new players in town, and they brought the flake.
0: And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You don't want to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus.
2: This is the Pick Six Podcast, and this is Super Wildcard Weekend, Saturday Night Recap Edition. That's Will Brinson. That's John Breach. I'm Ryan Wilson. Uh, and remember, before we get going here, give us a thumbs up if you're watching us on the old YouTubes at NFL and CBS, and of course to wherever you get your podcast, so you never miss the
1: show. Before we get going, happy birthday to
2: John Breach.
1: Oh, Breach! Thank ah. you, Wilson. And that was the reaction to someone who definitely did not wish me happy birthday. I thought Brinson and I were tight. I have wished Brinson happy birthday every year for 11 straight years. Guess how many text <laughs> messages, anything I got from Brinson today? Zero, which is actually the same amount I got from Wilson Uh, but you know what? I got to watch two playoff games today. So that makes up for it.
2: Yeah, there you go. And you got a new wig. And I I got my new football cup and your new football cup, a wig and a football cup. All right. We're going to start in Houston. I texted
0: you at, uh, like 1128 this morning.
2: All right. (laughs) We're going to start in Houston (laughs) where the Texans were a three win team this season, last season. Then they found their coach. They found their offensive coordinator. They found their franchise quarterback and just about everybody else. And on Sunday afternoon, they showed a nation of football fans that maybe weren't all that familiar with this version of the Texans, just how good they are. Breach, I feel like you're the best equipped to answer this question, so I'll start with you. So listen, I saw this stat uh, from the CBS Sports Research Department this week, and the stat started with this question. Are the Texans following in the 2021 footsteps of the Bengals? And the 2021 Cincinnati Bengals were 150-1 to one odds preseason to win the Super Bowl. They went 10-7. and seven. They were a number four seed, and they made it all the way to the Super Bowl before they lost to the Rams. 2023, the Texans 200-1 to preseason odds to win the Super Bowl. They went 10-7. They were the number four seed, and they just won their first playoff game. So before we get into the specifics of the Texans 45-14 whooping over the Browns, I'll ask you this. Does this Houston team feel like the 2021 Cincy team to you in any way, shape, or fashion?
1: So if you would have asked me this 24 hours ago, <laughs> I would have said, Wilson, are you smoking crack? Because that is just a ludicrous comparison on the offensive side. I think like it would have made sense for most of the team. The big difference to me, though, would have been CJ Stroud is a rookie quarterback. Joe Burrow was not a rookie. And the reason that would have been a big difference is because rookies have historically struggled in the playoffs. A rookie quarterback has never led his team to the Super Bowl. Wilson, you're making that face. This is all my thoughts before this game took place. And so what you inevitably have happened every year is that no matter how good a rookie plays during the season, there is eventually a collapse. And I don't know if that's going to come with CJ Stroud. We're going to talk about how he played. So that would have been my hesitation of making that comparison. But now after this game, I'm 100% on board with that. I think the <laughs> 2021 Bengals are the they're the same team. And now they might get the Super Bowl. And I, 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 the rookie storylines out the window. I don't
0: know what to believe anymore. You know, um, I, I don't know if this is like—is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, Wilson, we did HQ like fifteen times a day. Um, before that was a games. bad thing. <laughs> yeah, no, right, yeah, that was a bad thing. But um, you know, I, I feel like I made the case while making the case, but I wasn't like making the case for the Texans. I was—I picked the Browns. I was dead wrong, dead wrong about the game. But I feel like I the case I made it was like here's the case you could make where CJ Stroud excels, and it was like. Steve, Vince doesn't travel because it's been bad on the road. CJ Stroud's performed well in college playoff games. I mean, his two uh big, I think he had a Rose Bowl game, and then he had an actual playoff game against the um against Georgia last year, where he was fantastic. And man oh man, that moment for him, and look at this number one Georgia points per game in the nation. In the nation, a power five team. Number one in the nation in points per game allowed defensively. They destroyed everybody. Last year's Georgia team, 2022, threw for 348 and four touchdowns, threw for 274 and three touchdowns against the Browns. And if Cleveland had been able to muster anything more than pick sixes, then C.J. Stroud would have had even better stats because he would have to throw the ball more. Um, What struck me was, you know, on that long pass down the field, I think it was Nico Collins, C.J. Stroud stands in the pocket. He's getting absolutely tattooed, and he just whips it downfield just completely very much not scared uh I thought Bobby Sloan called a great game they were extremely aggressive um they had a lot of stuff that that Jim Schwartz wasn't ready for they they played into Jim Schwartz's aggressiveness by sort of uh you know using using his aggressiveness against him and I, I don't I don't know that CJ Stroud's gonna run the table in the in the AFC. I you know, I think the Chiefs, we'll get to them in a minute. They um look good. The Bills, you know, we'll see how they play. And then the ball, the Ravens are still out there. It's a really tough AFC. If CJ Stroud were the four seed in the NFC, I think we'd be having a really serious conversation about it though. So
2: a couple things, uh, I made some notes as we were going through this thing, because as Brinson mentioned, Breach, we talked about this game and a couple other games to death in the hours leading up to kickoff. And one of the things that C.J. Stroud did really well during the season was carve up zone defenses, especially two deep zones. He struggled against cover one. And guess what? Jim Schwartz loves to play at a high level, cover one. And he plays it a lot. They play it more than any other team. And today, they ran cover one about the, the normal rate, just over 35% played a ton of cover three, a little more than they usually play. And Bobby Slowick and uh, C.J. Stroud had answers. That Dalton Schultz touchdown was against cover one, might have been cover three. And they ran a vertical route to the left. Dalton Schultz ran an over. And it actually was against I mean, it was against uh, cover two, as it turns out. And the the far side safety came down because he bit on the over by Nico Collins. Dalton Schultz was wide-ass open on the, on the deep over, and C.J. hit him in stride. And the only concern I had on that play – was that Dalton Schultz had dropped a pass earlier that hit him in the face, and he double caught that one. But he was so wide open, it didn't really matter. That was one of the concerns I had. Uh, another concern I had was, and Princeton touched on this: Cleveland's defense at home, best scoring defense, about thirteen points and change. Cleveland defense on the road, twenty nine so, and change. So weird on the road. And it, 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 it. Well, part of the issue I wonder is if the the crowd noise at home complicates things for the opposing good, offense. Good good Browns give, team
0: means a loud crowd for sure. Yeah.
2: And that helps. The two turnovers didn't even matter in terms of the scoring differential. It still would have been more than what they typically give up. That do was think, a concern. Do you, think,
0: do, you, do you think the wet the weather might be a factor too?
2: I mean remember well, remember the, remember hasn't the, been remember that the that full, bad the 49ers well, the full, game was
0: bad but that was a that was a sort of a
2: close
1: game.
0: Um yeah but it was a low scoring well, close game.
1: The one thing I will say though is that the 49ers were really, I mean, they played the 49ers and Ravens at home, but the rest of their home schedule wasn't, uh, you know, they played the Jets. They played. They got, Burrow, uh, they got Burrow week one at home. Burrow in week one. They played the Steelers. They played the Titans. They played, you yeah. know, it, it wasn't a strong offensive. Cardinals
0: before Kyler came back,
1: when after like the shine was off the Cardinals. And Mason Rudolph wasn't playing is what I'm hearing, Breach. Yeah. And, and then I think uh, Purdy got banged up when they were playing them. So the 49ers offense was – that was that started their right. three-game skid. Uh, Jets, was the Bears, game in Jaguars. Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, that's not to take anything away from the Browns. They deserved it. We talked about them. And we built them up all year. But it just – maybe we slightly overrated their defense by looking at their – saying, hey, they were so dominant at home. I mean, getting carved up like this, and as you guys just mm-hmm. mentioned – C.J. Stroud could have thrown for 400 yards if this had stayed a close game. Uh, if Flacco doesn't throw the two pick sixes,
0: C.J. Stroud throws for 405 touchdowns.
2: And that's right. the other thing. The other thing that I was concerned about, in addition to the home road disparity with the defense, is the turnovers. Texas had the fewest turnovers in the league. Browns had the most with 37. And we knew that Joe Flacco, while he's played well since coming into the starting role in Week 13, he's also thrown a ton of interceptions. And back-to-back series with pick sixes was the backbreaker. The game was virtually over at that point, and they just had to hand the ball off and and run the clock out. But at no point – I'll ask you, Breach. At any point, did it feel like this game wasn't in complete control of the Houston Texans?
1: The only time I thought, hmm, maybe the Browns could win this was when they took the 14-10 to lead, and it felt like, all right, maybe they got off to a slow start, and the defense just needed a second to adjust to what C.J. Stroud was doing – and now they've got him figured out. Now they can slow it down. Joe Flacco just went four of four for 69 yards to lead him on this touchdown drive. Uh, it's, I think that's where he threw the, the shovel pass to Kareem Hunt. And so in my head, I'm thinking if they can force a punt on this next drive, I would feel pretty good about the Browns winning. Uh, but instead, C.J. Stroud immediately throws a 76-yard touchdown pass. The Texans are back in the lead. And it was like, oh, my God, have, the Browns defense has no idea what they're doing out there.
0: The Browns didn't score in the second half. I didn't do anything in the second half. I mean, like, literally didn't score a single point in the second half. Um, it felt like when they scored, when Flacco hit Kareem Hunt, and it, uh, somebody in the chat said, can we just, you know, Brown, we overrated the Browns, can we just say the Texans are good? We're, we're saying that.
2: Texans yeah, are really don't, good. Don't get it twisted. The Texans are awesome. And, I I mean, I've been saying that for a while.
0: And what's interesting is that the Texans' success – and the Browns sort of foibles. If you look at the Deshaun Watson trade and Deshaun Watson didn't play for this team because he was bad for much of the year that he got hurt. The Deshaun Watson trade basically obviously CJ Stroud, huge part too, but the Watson trade basically rebuilt the Texans. I mean, like the players involved on this team that are being highly successful are in large part because of the Deshaun Watson trade, like the influence very similar to the Russell Wilson trade with Seattle and Denver, where the team that sent away the quarterback who hasn't elevated the franchise that he went to. And these two teams playing in that game, by the way, noticeable that a lot of guys were making impact plays who were part of that trade as a result of the draft picks that came back. And so I think that, man, you look at this Houston team, even if they don't make a run this year, I think you have to feel really good about where they are for the long haul. Like I, if you were, it's not, it's not even remotely close. If you're talking about the full roster, the quarterback, even I think you're taking Houston. If you're talking about Houston versus Jacksonville, I mean like, like who's who's best set up for success over the next five to 10 years. You know, you were jumping the gun because it's one season, but the I te- test don't lie with CJ Stroud. Now if Bobby slowly gets a job somewhere. Maybe that's a bit of a concern, but there's going to be, you know, someone else in that Mike uh, excuse me, that Kyle Shanahan, Mike McDaniel, D'Amico Ryan's pipeline to bring in. Um, there is no reason not to be really, really excited about the Texans' potential moving forward. So Derek Barnett, formerly the Eagles, came in, had two
2: sacks. Um, Christian Harris had a sack. He also had the pick six. Will Anderson Jr., the third overall pick, had a sack. And they were, they were heating up. Joe Flacco. And look, in the Browns' defense, and this, is, again, is not taking anything away from the Texans' accomplished, but it's just in terms of how this game got to where it was, they were on offensive tackles four and five at that point. Uh, Hudson left for a little bit. His replacement came in, and he you might, might as well put John Breach out there on his birthday because that's what it looked like, and they were getting <laughs> absolutely destroyed. Uh, by the There's, way – Derek
0: Stigley did an awesome job on Amari Cooper, whole game, basically.
2: So Houston had four sacks. Mentioned Harris. Mentioned – um Junior and Barnett. They also hit Flacco on the pick six that he threw. They had six quarterback hits, 11 tackles for loss. Uh, in terms of the offense, Houston had four plays offensively that went for over 25 yards. Three of them directly resulted in ending up in the end zone. Uh, the other was that 27-yard pass to match you down the, the right sideline that set up uh, Houston's first touchdown to Nico. And Cleveland, their defense, came into this wildcard game. It's a top-10 team in the fewest pass plays of 20 plus yards allowed. So, that also was one of the turning points in the game. There were like five or six of them. It just—it was not everything that could go wrong for the Browns did go wrong, except Breach didn't come down to Dustin Hopkins not being able to play. They didn't. It didn't. Unless he's going to kick forty-seven field goals at the end of that game, uh, Riley Patterson, it didn't matter. So I don't know. This is a complete and utter whooping, and this is all about the Houston Texans doing everything right and overwhelming a really good Browns defense and a great story with Flacco and the Browns offensively. And there's no excuses being made. This is just the reality of, of where these two teams are. And I think to Brinson's point, um, you know, we talk about, or at least Brunson jokes about David Tepper watching this game. I would imagine Chad uh, Conn Chad is watching this game and going, okay, wait a second, why aren't we doing these same sort of things?
1: Yeah, and I think one thing to even more to the Texans credit is you look at the Browns, and they had a couple ugly losses this season. They lost the Ravens 28-3. to They got smoked by the Broncos. Uh, I think they lost by 17. They lost the Rams, uh, like 36 to 20. And so there were some bad losses, but this was the worst loss. I mean, this was this game. Sure. It was neck and neck for a good chunk of the first half. We'll say the whole first half, I guess, but it felt like when the Texans scored with under past the two minute warning with under two minutes left, I think there was like a minute left. Uh, the Dalton Schultz touchdown, it was over. There was at no point once it was 24-14. That's when the game fell over. Because Ryan, you were asking, when did I feel like the Browns were in it? That is when it was like, I can stop watching this game and go enjoy my birthday because the Browns are not coming back from this because their defense can't do anything. You just kept thinking Jim Schwartz has been so smart all year that there'd be some sort of adjustment. There would be, they would change something. And it was almost like they underestimated C.J. Stroud in the sense that like, yeah, he did that against other teams, but he's not going to do that against our defense that was the best in the NFL this year at stopping the pass. And we don't care that Denzel Ward got banged up. We're going to do what the Browns do and we're going to win that way, and it just wasn't happening, and they, and that was that. I mean, and then obviously the pick six on Cleveland's first possession of the second half is when it was officially over, there's, but 24-14. Uh, yeah. by, by the way, you just
0: felt like it was done. Just, just just because I brought it up, and I, I, didn't, I didn't have the list right in front of me, but I wanted to revisit it very quickly. Here are the players that the Texans got – in the Deshaun Watson trade in via the draft picks. Kenyon Green, John Mechie, Christian Harris, pick six, Damian Pierce, Thomas Booker, Will Anderson, Tank Dell, Brandon Hill, Xavier Hutchinson. Oh, and by the way, the Texans are getting a first-round pick from the Browns as well this year. And a third-round pick. I saw somebody tweet this out from the from Cleveland. It was like, they just kicked our ass, and we have to give them our first-round pick. Like that's a tough, that's a tough scene. I, you know. I think what's interesting about the Cleveland thing is coming into this game. I was really confident in in the Browns. Like I was confident the Browns are going to win the game. I just felt like rookie quarterback, lack of experience. Joe Flacco would play. Yeah. I mean, I I, I figured he might throw some picks, but wasn't really worried about it. Figured he would swing the ball around and play well. And It that it really came crashing down fast, didn't it? It it did not feel like Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco got old fast. It felt like Joe Flacco was old out there. Now you're dealing with he a bunch. Twelve years at halftime. That's what it felt like. Yeah, and you're dealing with a ton of offensive line injuries. It. Let me ask you. Let me, we asked it. We talk about this all the time. What did the Browns have a successful season?
2: Yes. Oh my god.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> by a million miles. I, I do think. I, I mean, if. I do think they did just because of all the injuries and you're on your fourth starting quarterback. no, I agree. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Well, I think that it's certainly debatable though. I think that if you ask fans in Cleveland, they might've felt like, uh, we played a rookie quarterback. We got the opponent. We wanted the AFC South winner. Right. Uh, and, and Cleveland fans are probably writing, uh, hate letters to Mike Frabel. Couldn't you have just laid over and let Jacksonville win? So we could have played the Jags in the, in the wild card round. Uh, you got fired, man. Just, just Rich, go out. There's on no
2: a Browns fan that doesn't think this season is successful, given the uh, way that it started.
0: I feel like, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, Wilson. I, I feel, I feel like this. I mean, the season ends for 31 teams in disappointment. It always does. Um, but I feel like this. I feel like Browns fans had sort of gotten themselves to a place where they it wasn't. God, Peacock is loud. Um, They've gotten themselves to a place where they were no longer felt like they were playing with house money. They should have been. Like they were playing with house money for so long. And then they get the five seed and they're like, all right, we get a rookie quarterback as breach points out, you know, on the road. But, you know, defense we think we can throw against, Joe Flacco's playing well. They're favored. Like in their mind, they're going to play Baltimore next week <laughs> in Baltimore in a division of opponent they feel like they can beat. And like the, I, I don't know. I, 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 don't get me wrong. The season was way more successful than it should have been, given the circumstances. That's what I try to point out to the people in, in Cleveland on 92.3, the fan with our buddy King Carmen and, and Anthony Lima. Was that look? You, you got here. You, you won more games than you should have, but don't don't for a second believe that this was the pathway. <laughs> like that, you were never. This is if you, if I told you the things that were going to happen throughout the season, you would never predict fifth seed and like eleven wins. Now, so in in that sense, it's a good season, but it's also I think they got themselves to a place that they believed that this might be a magical run for Cleveland in the playoffs, and that was a beatdown. Princeton, are you talking about Browns fans, or are you talking about you
1: when you said they got to a place where they thought the Browns could make a magical run in the playoffs? I mean, maybe I helped to hype
0: get Browns fans there. I don't know. It.
2: Yeah, it sounds like you're projecting. If they'd lost this game 24-21, everyone's celebrating. I mean, they just got their asses kicked, and that's just the reality of it. That, that's the last taste you have in your mouth. You got to own it and move on. You have to be excited about the defense. We'll see what happens with Jim Schwartz, whether he gets a head coaching job.
0: I mean, the are Vegas you excited was, about the defense? He just gave up 34 points to a rookie quarterback in his first playoff.
2: We were excited about the defense for 99.9% of the season. Well, and 50% they,
0: of the season, because when they weren't at home, they were bad.
2: <laughs> and they got stomped by a, a really good offense, a really good offensive coordinator. And again, the, I think one of the underlying points that needs to be reiterated and can't be stressed enough is that if you get the offensive coordinator right and you have the quarterback that can help you do that Chicago Bears Pittsburgh Steelers then you can do really good things and that's to take nothing away from C.J. Stroud who has been absolutely and utterly special in fact I think I asked you last time Breach if he's a top seven quarterback and you agreed that he is he might be actually higher than that given the way he played Um, And one last thing I'll mention uh, about the Texans. I got got a hot
0: take, too, before we move on to the next game. Yeah, 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 I got a couple things. Yeah, we got a second.
2: I was just going to say that um, the Houston Texans, over the course of the season offensively, their success rate was about 47%. They were successful offensively on 54.5% of their plays. Um, For some uh, perspective, (laughs) and just a preview for the game to come, sorry, Bruce, Harry, Uh, the Dolphins on Saturday night were successful on a quarter of their plays. What were you going to say, Breach?
1: Uh,
0: I mean, real quick, we talked about how this the Texans, a, do you want to take a break and then come back with the hot take and the things? And, no, well, this well, is the hot let, take. Let I was just going to say that point. we let talked about
1: know. how the Texans are built for the future. And obviously the Deshaun Watson trade, you feel very good about winning this division for the long run over the next five, seven years with what you have in Houston right now. But if you're Cleveland, look, I know you're dealing with all these injuries, but you are in the most difficult division in football where everyone just finished with a winning record. There's no guarantee you're going to finish ahead of the Ravens or the Bengals or the Steelers next year. So yeah, you're almost back at square one. It's not easy to get to the playoffs in the AFC North. So I, I think that if you are, and that's the sense, maybe that's why you're kind of depressed going into the offseason if you're Cleveland, because you're thinking yes. Deshaun Watson still hasn't proved
0: anything and we are no lock to get back to the playoffs. And that's where you, you are, even if you're you, fully healthy. You have to play Deshaun Watson and keep him through the duration of his contract. Um, Jim Schwartz has, I I think, and this is anecdotal and just sort of off the top of my head, but I feel like Jim Schwartz defensively can usually have a big impact early on, but because of the aggressiveness, like sometimes it'll trail off if you don't, you know, like they, they need to improve the personnel. Um the offensive line's pretty old. Uh Nick Chubbs coming back from a debilitating injury. Their Deshaun, offensive line's
2: in pretty good shape when they're healthy. They're just injured. Yeah, they're, just poor
0: guys but, I mean, they're just getting a little bit older. They got have to you know, replenish it probably. Um Deshaun Watson, we're still like we don't know if he's a guy. I, I don't, I don't, if you're Cleveland, I don't f- I feel like you have more questions than answers for the long haul. I'm
2: laughing at you because before we take a break, Breach, can you refresh my memory as to what Brinson was saying two hours ago about the Browns?
1: They're the best team in the history of football and they're never going to lose another game until 2032. <laughs> that sounds about right. That, that's, that was paraphrasing. Here, you want to take a break and I'll give you my, my a Texans hot take?
2: I would love to take a break and then I would love even more to get your Texans hot take right after this, Harry.
0: Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation.
2: You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the
0: CBS Sports app. My Texans hot take, Wilson. Mm -hmm. This playoff run for the Houston Texans. If you say CJ
2: Stroud's going to the Hall of Fame, I'm going to reach to this monitor and no. rip your wig off
0: is secretly a bad thing <laughs> <All> <laughs> because right. at the end of it someone is going to hire bobby slowick to be their head coach and cj stroud won't have continuity as an offensive coordinator next year
1: Reach you can grade the hot take and then i'll follow up I'll give it a B plus. I mean, we've seen look what happened to the Eagles, and they lost both their coordinators. That losing your coordinator can be a big deal, especially when you have this rookie quarterback who has such great chemistry, and he always seems to be on the same page as Slowick. And having to start all over the new coordinator next year, I think that is a minor step back. So, like in that sense, I'll agree with Prince, but I still think the Texans are going to be the class of the division. And and if you're an offensive smart offensive mind, you're going to want to coach in Houston. Because you see the talent they have.
0: Yeah, and 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 just to be clear, like Breach and I, this is sort of a corollary of something that Breach and I talked about. Where if you if you if you're hiring, we we, you know we do these emergency pods, I don't know if you've seen him Wilson when guys get fired or guys get hired. Um, The uh, (laughs) the the problem with hiring a defensive minded head coach is that if that coach does the thing you want him to do and hire a great offensive coordinator, that offensive you can't guarantee you can keep that offensive coordinator around. Um, so it, it's like you know you know what I mean like that that that's the like that's' no, the catch just, 22 of it so and I, and I just think look look if Bobby solo gets a job job as a head coach like you tip your cap he's done a great job for you um he's made CJ Stroud look incredible and you can probably find somebody to come from that coaching tree but I, I do think that that's a just at least a mild concern but for right now if you're the Texans keep riding the wave I just
2: that as a hot take is it a hot take or is it a mild concern
0: I think it's a hot take
2: okay
1: I want to throw uh, out a couple things real quick on C.J. Stroud. Tied the rookie record with three touchdown passes. That is the most tied for the most in a playoff game first half. in NFL history by a rookie. And he did it all in the first half. Would have gotten more again if this had been a close game. He is the youngest quarterback in NFL history to ever win a playoff game, which I thought was surprising. Uh, and then he is also the first top three pick in NFL history to win a playoff game as a rookie. So part of that was you figure that top three picks usually go to bad teams. So I understand that, that number would not be high, but I thought there had to be at least one other quarterback. There is not CJ Stroud is the only top three pick to ever win oh. a playoff game. And obviously uh rookie QB with first time head coach. We're looking at the stat here on YouTube. Uh, here we go. First time getting the divisional round since old Mark Sanchez and Rex Ryan, your boys, Brinson. Mm. And the last thing I'll throw out about CJ and
0: toe in the line here, breach.
1: Last thing I'll throw. <laughs> what a foot joke. What a great job there. Uh, CJ Stroud, three touchdown passes, zero interceptions against the number one defense in football during the regular season. That is only the fifth time that has happened in a playoff game in NFL history. The other four quarterbacks that did that went to the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah, that's that's a fun fact. And Harry flashed the graphic. For people who can't see uh, and are listening to the podcast, um, I will just throw. I was going to throw this fun fact out, and, and uh, Harry beat me to it. Brock Purdy, Mark Sanchez, and Joe Flacco are the only rookie quarterbacks to win two playoff games, at least two. And CJ is, is halfway there. So, and, and I just want to follow up quickly to Brinson's hot take about slow. I don't disagree with that. The only thing I'll say is they had lost this game. He was still getting interviews, yeah. so I don't think it necessarily would have changed anything. But right, I mean. The thing you have to guard against, if you lose Bobby Slow, can you go back to the Shanahan coaching tree, the McVay coaching tree? Is that Luke Getzey was from the McVay coaching
0: tree? <laughs> Just make sure you get the right one. Hey, let me let me ask you this real quick, and then we'll move to the next game. But um, what's? I mean, realistically, how far? What is the ceiling for the Texans, and how far they can go this postseason? The 2021 Bengals. I mean, they can.
2: Why can't they get to the Super Bowl? Well,
0: all right. So Houston as the four seed. So we have the. Um, I'm doing a terrible job. I was completely blanked on the bracket. Brenton, but I already know what you're going to say. Here is what you want to know. Bills likely beat the Steelers on Monday, right? That would mean that the Bills are hosting the Chiefs and the Texans are going to the Ravens for the divisional round. Yes. Which would mean that CJ Str- if that would CJ Stroud has to beat Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens, who, like fifth all-time in DVOA for a single season, And then go on the road and beat either Josh Allen and the Bills or Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. So I think it is – I think conference championship game is the – is the full – If you beat the Ravens, you can get to the Super Bowl. The hard part. Dude, if – if they beat like the, the Browns game will be a footnote. <laughs> if, they, if they slaughter the Browns, beat the Ravens, and then beat one of those two teams on the road to get the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback and a rookie head coach. I mean, that's an all-time run.
2: Breach. Well, let's see. Breach, what was the 2021 run?
1: For what? The
2: Bengals? Yeah.
0: The second year Joe Burrow, though.
2: Second year, Joe Burrow. Yeah, I, but what, I, was I, the, what was the playoff run? They had the home game. I don't even know who they. I'm asking. They beat the Raiders
1: at home, and then they, beat they, they the Titans. Beat, they beat the number one seed Titans. Oh, that's right, you went to Tennessee. The game. Yep. and then, they beat and the then obviously their, beat the uh, Chiefs on the road, which is the scenario Brinson's presenting. Except you have the Ravens in the middle instead of the yeah. Titans. Okay, you got to go to Kansas City and win. And I just feel like if if they beat the Ravens, they would have the confidence that they can beat Kansas City or whoever they would face in the AFC title game. But one thing about the Texans, they have never won a road playoff game in franchise history. That's crazy. Uh, And then we're looking at the Texans are 0-4 all-time in the divisional round. They are the only team in the NFL that has never made it to a conference title game. So no road playoff wins zero conference title appearances cj stroud would be breaking new ground if he wins the divisional round because it'd be their first divisional win ever and first road play was the
0: point. was the letterman jacket <laughs> that was the that was regular season monday night right when the texans went to new england that was an all i mean i love our colleague jj watt i think he's i think he's he's actually like his twitter account has somehow like gotten way way better like in just the recent weeks but that was one of the all time eggs in uh like to put on to put on the letterman jackets and go on the road to new england
2: Worth noting, by the way, I mean, the Texans have been around for 21 years, Pretty check like they've been around as long as the Bengals.
0: Yeah. I mean, so it was Jacksonville hasn't been around that
1: long. Carolina hasn't been and around Panthers that long. And Panthers and Panthers
0: and the Jaguars went to a conference championship game in their second season in the same Carolina's year. Carolina's
1: been to two Super Bowls. Like, just because you haven't been around that long doesn't mean you have, can't go to
0: a win a road, one road playoff game, Wilson. That's, is that too much they to were ask?
2: Waiting for CJ Stroud. It all comes no,
0: together. Apparently. He's going to the, the Did the Texans. So that means that the Texans have more playoff wins against Andrew Gregory Dalton than they do road playoff wins. Mm. Yep. You
1: could bring that up and say that. Even JJ Watt <laughs> tweeted about his pick six against the Bengals in 2011. And then the NFL's official Twitter account tweeted out the highlight. I'm like, do we have to have, are we doing this during yeah, another seriously. playoff game? Can we just birthday, not talk New about
0: one. it? Yeah, yeah. Come on, guys. Did that, that happen we'll move on, on, move on your birthday, by the way?
1: Uh, it did not happen oh, on my this. sister's birthday. Fun fact. Oh, that's a shame. That is not fun for her.
2: <laughs> All right. One last thing, and then we'll move on. Uh, this is from Next Gen Sets. Uh, CJ Stroud averaged a career high plus .69 expected points added per dropback. Uh, that's the most by quarterback in a playoff game in the um, next-gen stats era, but the important part of the week for me is he completed seven of eight passes under pressure for 118 yards and was not sacked, and I mention that because the Ravens will get after it in terms of yeah. getting in the quarterback space. Mike McDon- McDonald is, is a different cat than... Uh, than Jim Schwartz, and not necessarily they're both great, but in different ways. So that's just something to keep in mind as you look at Well, they, I
0: think they Jim Schwartz does a lot more aggressive stuff and Mike McDonald does a lot more uh, cover, like like uh, faux coverage disguises sort of like that. those fire blitzes that, that Lebo used to run. By the way, uh, just one more random note. David Njoku is a former first-round pick. He's been around for a long time. He's only 27 years old. He has really come into his own this year. Uh, how funny, sad but, is he going to be when Joe Flacco leaves? Yeah, no kidding. Probably.
2: The funny thing is that Houston has been really good against tight ends this, this season to the point where Amari Cooper and Joe is in the seventh season. He, he was drafted when he was 20 years old, which is also crazy. It's crazy, yeah. To the point where Amari Cooper went for 265 and two touchdowns the last time they played. Of course, CJ didn't play in that game. I don't think Will Anderson played. Um, but they got in Joku going early. And This is one of the other things I think affected them. Um, they start once they started shutting down Joku and he had a few drops later. Cooper was not a hundred percent; that was clear. Here, he you could deal tell issue. for sure, yeah. And then once you had to go to Plan B, which was David Bell, who had a career high six or seven catches. That's in addition to all the other things that went wrong. Sort of eight, eight catches night.
0: for uh, fifty-four yards, actually. All right, let's uh, real on. quick
1: on Njoku, uh, He oh, had yeah. five, including the playoffs. He had five games this season with ninety yards or more, or
0: four, all of them with Flacco. So that means they all came after he fell into a fire,
1: and yeah, after he fell into a fire, and at all with Flacco. His highest without Flacco was seventy-seven, and I don't think he had another game above sixty.
2: Jeff, just going and getting it done is what I'm hearing. All right, he's going to be
0: right.
1: begging for Joe Flacco. Okay, w- Sorry,
0: what, one one more thing: the uh, the Texans. <laughs> well, I was going to say like the Texans' run defense is awesome. Very curious to see how. That, 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 uh, we're going to, I was, we're assuming it's the, assuming it's the Ravens that they, they go up against, but like. How far curious, the, uh, the, the Ravens beat him by double digits. Wilson.
2: Oh, I'm not even sure the Ravens, uh, this going to be the Ravens. The Steelers might win. You guys are dir- jerks.
0: So I think, th- I think they might get to the AFC title. Have game. you seen I the think- viral, have you seen the viral guy? who's like the Steelers fan, just walking around Buffalo, <laughs> calling the city soft where he's like, so can you kidding me this dusting?
2: You have to waste emergency services. Dollars to go save that. Number. What, what do we
0: think a Ravens uh, Texas line would be,
2: by the way? I don't want to consider it until Monday night. I'm telling you this right now. Seven and be, a half. It's going to be, I was going to say eight and a half. All right, let's move on. Producer Harry That's right. has made it clear on the rundown. Hair. Producer Harry, comma, Dolphins fan has made it clear on the rundown that Brinson weather does, in fact, matter. Uh, uh, this is another storyline we talked to death. And Breach, shout out to you because I used your. Your fun facts from your two stories that probably got millions of page views in the lead up about the weather.
0: Oh, I meant to and, do one, I forgot.
2: And I'll just I'll just reiterate them here for people who didn't read it, the four people on the on the planet who didn't read it somehow. Um 0 and 10 and weather of 40 degrees or less, the Dolphins are. And as you noted astutely, uh the average margin of victory was 17 points in those games. Not close, not of them close. Well, the last two losses were right. three points to the Bills. Um, okay, but think about
1: how much you got blown out in the other games. Exactly. Your average is
2: still 17. 20-plus point blowouts routinely. But as facing a division team keeps it closer. Yeah, right. That's a good point. As you noted in your article, um, okay, maybe that's not entirely on Mike McDaniel and, and Tua because that goes over the last seven years. Well, Mike McDaniel is 0-3 in cold weather. And by cold, I mean 40 or below. Tua is 0-4 in those games and that's below 45 degrees, gave him, extra, gave him an extra five degrees. Passer rating of 71.8, completed just 55% of his passes, both well under his career averages of 97 and 66.9%. He also turned the ball over five times in those games compared to just four touchdowns. And finally, you note, in the past 10 games where the temperature was under 40 degrees, the Chiefs have gone 9-1, and including 4-0 and in the playoffs. So I'll ask you, Brinson, is the weather the reason
0: the Dolphins lost? I think that the, for as much as I was dead ass wrong about the outcome, what would happen with the Browns and the Texans, um, although I do as I noted feel like I had like a grasp on how CJ Stroud might go right. Um, it feels like the sort of the take on the Dolphins and the Chiefs that one Miami like you know this the weather thing. I mean that's a real thing. You're talking about. Like when you have to go to Miami in September and it's a hundred degrees, I mean, you know, you're used. To, it's a very different climate. I, I think that's a legitimate concern. I also think more importantly, Miami's the matchup against the Chiefs' offense with the Miami defense simply wasn't very good for Miami, given all the injuries that they've had to deal with. And then the way that they have to deploy their best players. So you like have Christian Wilkins on the interior, but you know, Joe Tooney and the the, the guards for the chiefs have played pretty well this season. Tackles have been sort of an issue Juwan Taylor, like what leads the league in, in penalties, I think 17, which is a ton, but no edge pressure. So Patrick Mahomes had tons of time in the pocket all day. And then you basically said, all right, I think they kind of had Ramsey trying to follow Kelsey around a little bit. And it left Rasheed Rice wide open, and the Chiefs knew this going in. There wasn't a whole lot the Dolphins could do, and I, I thought they I thought they put up a good fight. That you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes looked off early on, but then the offense started getting, to get going for the Chiefs, and the offense looked good. And I do think that it's a possible. Like, I think it, I think I I know I said it without any real reason other than just why can't this happen, Wilson? But sort of feels like the Chiefs' offense could just get going all of a sudden and that they could ramp up and and win a back-to-back Super Bowl. What do you think, Breach? I don't think that's crazy. I just think
1: it blows my mind just all the disrespect the Chiefs have got. Yes, we saw that their offense struggled this year, but we kind of talked about it last week on the podcast, how if Mahomes just found one receiver he could trust besides Kelsey, that that might be enough for him to go off because now you aren't just worrying about Travis Kelsey. You're worrying about someone else. And we named, we literally named Rasheed Rice last week. He comes into this game and has a monster game. I mean, he was unstoppable. He was the star of the game out there, catching everything thrown his way. And so, yeah, I do think that the Chiefs, it's the Chiefs, they get to the playoffs, they're dangerous. That's it. Yep. So I don't care what happened in the regular season with the Chiefs. If the Chiefs are in the playoffs, they can win the Super Bowl. That's how I view Kansas City. So I, I don't think that's crazy at all.
0: It, Miami really should have scored in this game. I mean, the Tyree Hill touchdown was very Why much. They have scored that one? Well, it was like McDuffie made a bad play on that the would ball. Be an interference, though, and then they would have the ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. no. I mean, I'm just saying that it was like it. I mean, it was ten yards, <laughs> ten yards underthrown. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't like what you would. It, it wasn't like a great play design. It was Tyreek Hill is fast, comes back to the ball, gets it, and then jukes a bunch of people. I mean, I'm just saying that it Miami converted uh, get they, one. They got they, one third down. One of twelve on third down. They averaged 4.5 4. 4. net yards per play, 264 yards, three of six on, fit, on, uh, on fourth down. Didn't that get to the, re- you know, didn't get to inside the red zone once. I, I just think that Mi- Miami's offense was completely shut down by a good Kansas City defense and the weather, which for that offense, they look so much slower than they normally do. Whether it's the field, whether it's just the the temperature, whatever it was, um, Tua couldn't push the ball to it. You know, Tua doesn't have the strongest arm in the NFL, but he he's a good, quick decision maker and a point guard. Um, didn't have a ton of time, and the Chiefs did a good job, like hitting those guys hard. I mean, Tyree Kill had that one play, but I mean, he took some big shots. He was coming off the field on some early downs, like second downs and stuff, and Tua looked terrible in that weather in that situation, which a lot of quarterbacks are going to look terrible, on the road. Um, the narratives played out into reality when it came to the Dolphins and this setup and what they had to deal with, with the injuries and with the weather, to me.
2: I mentioned that um, earlier in the day, during the several times we were talking talking about this game before it actually happened, um, Against this, uh, since being traded in 2022, Tyreek has struggled more against the Chiefs than any other team. He's averaging 7.8 yards per reception coming into this game against the Chiefs, which is a low, uh, the lowest of of the 24 teams he's placed. His explosive play rate is, is way down. It's the fourth lowest among all the teams. He drops more passes, and they also put him a lot more in the slot and a lot more in motion. He was in motion on that touchdown pass, and he got inside leverage on McDuffie, and that helped spring him open, that and the fact that he's the fastest person on the field. Uh, so that was really the only time and I think they had to play later in the second half where they came back to him. And otherwise he was
0: a uh, non
2: factor, just like Jalen Waddell was a non factor for much whole, of the
0: whole second half they played they put a safety up top and let Snead jam him. I mean there was a bunch of I mean you saw it too, like Sneed was hammering him with the line.
2: But the only thing I'll mention since you and Breacher are now back on the Chiefs bandwagon. Is that and Bruce or Harry? I'm sure is seeded. they there. all the Chiefs. We all pick the Chiefs
0: to win. Wilson, except yeah, I
2: get that. No, I they were going to win this. I've been game.
0: Be, I've been beating this Chiefs offensive like like a Chiefs offense might click in the playoffs drum for a couple for a while now. Yeah, I mean you
2: said something about the Browns, yeah, blind squirrel. I mean, but, but my point <laughs> is this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is my point. I don't care. The I've <laughs> <have been> <laughs> had, yeah. had to do HQ for an hour and a half. <laughs> like this morning, I, you know, I had to pick somebody.
2: No, I don't. I'm fine with that. Yeah, we all picked him as Breach noted. And if you if you guys want to ride the Chiefs, I get that. But here's what I would say about about not necessarily this win, because I think we all agree that's going to happen going forward. The Dolphins were battered and bruised coming into this game. I read off Breach's stats in terms of how they are in cold weather. You just talked about. Brinson Hall Tua wasn't built for this sort of weather. It didn't look anyone on that team was. Um, they made a bunch of dumb mistakes uh, penalty wise. The Christian Wilkins passing uh, late hit was a doo doo call, but whatever. That was the reason they lost. I'm just concerned that this is not necessarily sustainable. Now they, Vic Fangio said we're going to go after Patrick Mahomes, and he did not stop. He did not let up, and Patrick Mahomes ate them absolutely alive. And a lot of that was because of Rashid Rice was able to catch a lot of balls that he's dropped in, in in the past over the course of the season. Travis Kelsey had a case of the drops in this game, but if, if not for Rasheed Rice, maybe the game's a little tighter. I think they still win. And also the running game got going. And I don't know if that running game travels against um, the Bills, maybe. I don't know if Rasheed Rice does these things, things against the Bills, if that's the team they end up playing next, if chalk happens. That's my only concern. Not that this team hasn't historically been great, but they're not the same team that they
0: were the last few years. That's my only point. Um, by by the way, I did I just happen to have this up from next gen stats. Dolphins use cover zero on eighteen dropbacks, tied for the second most in a game since two thousand and eighteen. Mahomes is actually only seven of eighteen for seventy-four yards, negative six point two. This is via next gen stats as I mentioned, negative six point two EPA versus all of the coverages sixteen of twenty-three, one eighty eight, and a touchdown. Um the cover zero stuff though, like to your point, Wilson, they bl- they the blitzing Patrick Mahomes just like you know the the all out blitz maybe works occasionally, and it worked in some spots here. But he was able to get the ball out and and, and get enough completions to pick up those first downs. He also ran the ball really well. I thought like it, it had time in the pocket. Um, if the Chiefs, if the Steelers beat the Bills, oh now we're now we're going to talk about the, the Steelers winning the football game. Well, if that happens, if the Chiefs get to host the Texans, they don't want that smoke. I think they prefer that to the Bills. On the road, right? I don't know.
2: It's hard to tell. You don't have the the
0: Texans at home than the Chiefs on the road. I mean, the Bills on the road. I get it. Just that the Bills have been so wishy-washy as well.
2: Everyone's been wishy-washy. Except for the Ravens and the 49ers for the most part. But yeah, no, I get it. I think you do want to, obviously you want to play the Texans at home, but do you not, Breach? You haven't said anything.
1: Oh, well, I mean, I was just looking at the weather making sure it wasn't going to be sub-zero temperatures. It's going to be 15 degrees next, <laughs> next week. Just That's, better. That's better than negative five or wherever the hell it was in this game. And, you know, here's the thing with the Chiefs is that this, they didn't play their best game. And we mentioned that Patrick Mahomes was off, that he wasn't super accurate and that Travis Kelsey was dropping balls and that it took a while for them to get going with their rushing attack. They still won by 19 points. They were horrible in the red zone. They settled for four field goals and they still absolutely dominated this game. So we're talking about a team that played its B-minus game, maybe C-plus game, and still won a playoff game by 19 points. So for me, I think that's your what you're telling your team, if you're Andy Reid, is that, look, guys, we played okay. We destroyed them. We can beat anyone, and we'll play better next week. Travis, you're not going to drop four passes. Mahomes,
0: you're not going to airmail six do you passes. Think
2: they played badly? I don't think they played badly at all.
0: I d- they didn't play their they, a didn't play, games. they didn't they the second half was it was a python strangling out of a, yeah, the a frozen gold a gold. frozen dolphin um but the first half no they, they were definitely they the chiefs could have been, that could have been a blowout the whole time like a like a yeah like a, I mean they got like, to the red zone six times and, and yeah they were two or six and, in the red zone yeah yeah they were yeah,
2: horrible in the red uh, zone the, the No, i think
0: preacher's right i mean there's a they highlighted it at the at half and by the way the 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 cut to the they kept um they kept doing the in-game updates on the on that broadcast. What what was that? Stop that! Yeah, they'd be like, they be like, all right, yeah, let's go down of Yeah, let's go to the studio. It's like, what? Don't go to the studio at the middle of the game? What uh, are you doing? Maybe
2: because of the off there, maybe that. Maybe I don't that's know. The, yeah,
0: like, they did it. They did several time, time. it several times. The bizarre. only thing
1: I want to say about Peacock is that I felt like it was running about forty-five seconds behind the actual game. I watch at everything le- on streaming. I have YouTube at TV. Least. And this was lagging more than any other stream I've ever had. It, they, the picture looks great, sound, everything was great, but a lot of lag, a lot of lag. Didn't love hey, that. let
0: me ask you, let me ask you this, because I saw this mentioned on Twitter. I'm not, I, 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 feel, I feel, bad even bringing it up because I don't want to
2: draw. Before a you go on, let me ask Breach something. Breach, how many times has Brentson said I feel bad about this, and then he he? How many times have anyway?
0: you done it?
1: In my life or tonight. Renson's turn a corner. Usually he would just say it without prefacing by the point right. that he feels bad about it. Now yeah. he's showing some remorse. That's thank you. A big step. Right. Thank you. Well, thank things.
0: you. Go ahead. This, some, you I'm in my mature era. Um I
2: uh Preach laughing in your face. I
0: saw multiple people who not like and like, I don't know, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was reputable or not. But I feel like at least one was important distinction. Yeah. I mean, I was like, it just made me think. Steven Ross can be a bit impetuous with his hiring and firing any, any concern at all.
2: Uh, The dogs would do something
0: something silly. I I don't think so. I'm just asking. I'm asking because I saw a couple of like, oh, you never know.
2: I know producer Harry is not happy with how things are going,
0: um, but he says if we fire McDaniel, we riot. And I think that's right. Well, that's good. yeah. I mean, look, I I love Mike McDaniel. I think he's fantastic. It's just, and, and look, like they you know they could have won a game with Skyler Skylar Thompson at quarterback last year. I, I think they've had a rough run with injuries in terms of what they've had to deal with the last two seasons. And they, but but they did have the division. I, I'm just saying they. It's if you look at it like look at Philadelphia was in the Super Bowl last year. Nick, it's not that dissimilar, right? Nick Sirianni's having this great run with Philly; they love him. But the, 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 weird things happen with NFL teams. They choked away the division, and they just got skunked, basically in the in the playoff game on the road in tough conditions. I don't. Know,
1: I'm just just wondering. The, the one thing I'll say to that point, Princeton, and, and I agree with Harry's sentiment: that it would be shocking. You can't fire McDaniel, but he's been there two seasons. They are four and ten in December and January. In those two seasons and they play finesse football that doesn't it, it doesn't translate well to cold weather which or is fine good teams. or good teams but right. more to cold weather it's fine if you are playing a bunch of home games uh in miami in december and january but if you have to hit the road that's trouble and so you need to it's not mcdonald's ball he's not the one directly building this team but it is his offense that is struggling to put up points. They scored under 20 points in each of their last three games. They ended the season on a three-game losing streak with losses to the Ravens, Bills, and Chiefs. So that is partly on McDaniel. I think that McDaniel needs to go in this offseason and just kind of evaluate himself and say, okay, why why can we not win in December and January? Why are we struggling against good teams? Is it something I'm doing? Is it Tua? Is it? Um, is it yeah, like? What is our problem? Because they're going to have to make a decision with Tua. They're going to have to give him a two hundred and fifty million dollar contract, and I'm sure that everyone in the AFC East would love for them to give Tua a two hundred and fifty million dollar mm, contract. So I, I well, I just think they have a lot of. They've got to figure out what their problem is and how they can fix it because there clearly is
0: some. I mean, sort Tua of was the MVP favorite like four yeah. months ago, and and he couldn't throw. He looked like he was trying to throw like chunks of ice. He looked like a toddler throwing chunks of ice out there.
2: I don't think he. I mean, I don't think he played as
0: terrible as you guys are making out to be. He didn't have a great game, but it's not like he was. was twenty or thirty nine for one hundred ninety nine yards, of touchdown, and the pick. And the touchdown was well. Real, I'll, 10 I'll yards say real track. quick
1: on the McDaniel thing is that the point I thought the Dolphins lost this game, I would pin it on McDaniel. Uh, it was thirteen to seven. The Dolphins had the ball in the second quarter. They drove down the field. They ran the ball six straight times. They started passing. Faced a third and one. So six straight times they had run the ball. McDowell decides to throw it on third and one instead of running it. Uh, uh, by the way, those those six straight are four straight runs. So they had just run the ball four straight times for 21 yards. So they're averaging over five yards per carry. Third and one at the Chiefs 44-yard line. Hey, why don't we throw it, even though we're averaging five yards of carry on this drive? Fourth and one. Hey, why don't we throw it again, even though we we're averaging five yards of carry? Both passes go incomplete. Chiefs take over on downs, and it just felt like that was their last great chance. If you go down, and score a touchdown there, you're ahead. You're winning 14 or 13. If you get a field goal, you're down three points, which is psychologically different than being down a touchdown. And so I just thought McDaniel blew it with the play calling there. And after that, it just felt like the Dolphins' offense never really. Had another chance while the game was
0: close. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm not saying fire Mike Redano at all. That I love Mike Redano. I want him in the NFL. Yeah, I, I don't uh, yeah, I don't either. I I, I, I I Dale's a great coach, he's one of the smartest coaches in the I, NFL. They I was think- asking what I'm asking, and somebody in the chat mentioned something about Doug Peterson. Uh Doug, I don't think Doug's job is totally safe either yet. There's still like this press taylor thing lingering out there. But you know, I I just I just wonder, are, are they like where the, the Are those questions going to be asked to might be dangerous offseason? And is it a case where, okay, if we're going to give all this money to Tua, do we need to be getting more from the offense late in the season and against good teams? Because they were against playoff teams. The Dolphins offense this year was bad.
2: Let me ask you this and then we'll get to our MVPs. Uh, Negative 25-ish, I think, was the real feel. (laughs) <laughs> which is awesome uh, in Kansas city, Airhead stadium. That's a 95 degree difference from what the weather felt like. in uh, Miami beach gardens, 67 ish degrees tonight. Uh, if the game had been there, had they won in week 18 against the Buffalo bills? Mm-hmm. Are the dolphins beating the chiefs in 67 degree weather at a, in a home game? It's closer.
0: I, it's closer, but no. is it closer? Maybe. I think I, maybe I, it is. The, 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 the temperature and the weather, definitely impacted the dolphins offense in a negative way more so than the chiefs offense to me.
2: Well, the chiefs set up for a bunch of field goals. I would
0: imagine their offense
2: would have been a little sharper as well. And you guys said the chiefs didn't play that well offensively.
0: Well, The the thing about the dolphins,
1: I would say is that when it is minus 25, you have a quarterback (laughs) who is clearly as struggled in colder weather. We, you his stats at the, when we started talking about this game, I don't know why you're throwing it 39 times and only running it 18 times. I mean, this was a two-score game until the end of the third quarter. So for the first three quarters, there was no reason to get out of doing what you're doing. And when you're averaging over four yards per carry, uh, like the Dolphins were, I just thought maybe they should have run the ball a little bit more in this weather because it's so hard to throw the ball when there are 30-mile-an-hour winds and a negative 27 wind chill.
0: A H-A should have gotten some more uh, some more run as well, too.
2: Um, Inside breach. how I mean, you said it before the game. I'm kidding. Six right? but- carries, nine we yards. I didn't
0: podcast before the this game,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, yes. All right, let's do some. Um, Brinson VPs. <sighs> Brinson you got your guy. Or
0: you're not ready yet. Um. Well, I mean, somebody's gonna. Say, I'll, you know what? I'll take uh, my my and VP is Andy Reid's mustache. Ooh. Good Frozen. Fun. Glorious. I love that Kaylee Hartog of the who thought oh, not work for CNN, but then works for Amazon. Now to the Thursday night games, also on Peacock. Went and to Andy Reid because everyone was t- everyone was tweeting about it and it was being discussed on the broadcast and it's a hot topic on social media. She went and asked Andy Reid, "Hey Andy, are you aware that your mustache is frozen?" Which, like we all have some form of a mustache. Now we've never probably never been in that cold. If you're if you've got precipitation on your mustache, you're aware, fully aware. Don't need to check with Andy Reid to ask him if he knows it's frozen, but. Uh, to the actual point, Andy Reed, I thought did a really good job game planning against the Miami team, knowing, like knowing all the weaknesses of that defense, knowing how to sort of attack Vic Fangio's defense, knowing that people have been criticizing your offense for much of the year, knowing the temperature, knowing the whole situation thought Andy Reed, excellent, excellent, a plus job coaching up the chiefs. And look. They haven't been that great all year. This is almost certainly their best game of the entire season. And it just wouldn't be that surprising if we get to Vegas and Patrick Mahomes and Andy are there too. Bridge VP,
1: you're up. I, I should give it to CJ Stroud. But as we getting. know, yeah. yeah, is that too easy?
0: Yeah. No I'm going to go that.
1: with a special teams guy. I'm going to go with Harrison Butker. Oh, yeah. Uh, look, hey, before the-
2: you before you go on, explain to me what it's like to kick a ball because your dad played in that. One of the coldest games ever. What's it like to kick a frozen anything?
1: So this ended up with minus four kickoff temperature, which was the fourth coldest game in NFL history. The Bengals played in the freezer bowl, which was negative nine kickoff temperature, negative 59 (laughs) wind chill. And my dad was on a (laughs) podcast with Brent and I said it was so cold that his car broke down and he had to get a ride to the game from the waitress at his hotel. (laughs) This is my favorite Uh, story
0: ever on this podcast.
1: Crazy story that he kicked two field goals in that game, two for two against the Chargers in that 1981 AFC Championship, uh, and just had bruises on his foot. He said if there had not been a bye week to the Super Bowl, that it would have been very painful to kick that week. And so now you're talking about Butker, and they flashed a stat that I thought was very interesting during this game. NFL kickers in the playoffs, 64% when the temperature is under 10 degrees. So you think about how good kickers are now, guess what? Cold is the great equalizer because you can't kick the ball far. There's never been a 50-yard field goal in a playoff game where the temperature is under 10 degrees because it's just the dis- like kicking a rock. That it's like kicking a rock, the distance isn't there. The wind's usually bad if it's that cold. So you have that. So 64%, Bucker goes out there and hits four field goals, 4 for 4, the first kicker in NFL history to make four field goals in a game where the temperature was under 10 degrees.
0: Uh, I, I just have a question for Breach really quickly. Um the opening kickoff by the Dolphins, did you see that? Uh I don't think I did. And it was it, they it n- I I, don't, I couldn't I was going to ask you if it was on purpose or an accident. It was like a stone cold duck hook that the Chiefs ended up f- fielding near the sideline because they weren't sure if it was going to go out of bounds or not. But it, it looked like when – I think – this Sanders, Sanders do the kickoffs? Like when he when, – when the guy made contact with it, he it looked like he was like, oh! Like he realized like, oh my God, that thing is heavy. That it was going to hurt. It, well,
1: I think part of it is the wind's so strong that you don't want to blow out of bounds. You don't want it to get caught at like the 20-yard line. So you don't know where it's going to land when you have 30-mile-an-hour winds. And you're going to break your kicker's foot if he's putting everything he has into it. So you just kick a low line drive and okay. hope it bounces really far because the field's slippery and icy.
2: Shout out to Harrison Bucker too. He did have a touchback on one of his kickoffs. I noticed that's to that even get to the end zone. That's, should win MVP just for that. You <laughs> should win MVP and get offered a new clip. Who you got, Wilson? Oh, and, oh,
1: right. oh! And Harrison Bucker is now the seventh all-time leading scorer in the history of the NFL in the postseason.
0: That's a fun fact. Team. The Panthers and Harrison Bucker and- and let him go because they had to give Graham Gano a franchise tag in the contract. That's
2: So, C.J. Stroud wins the going. overall MVP yeah. of the podcast. No doubt about that. But my MVP oh. is Desmond King, cornerback of the Texans, because midway through the second quarter hanging on to a 17-14 lead, the Texans are. Joe Flacco scrambles, runs for his life, slides, but before he gets down, Desmond King hits him, and then he does, he treats him like a cardboard box and he's doing the breakdance spin on his back and did two full revolutions <laughs> which is oh, one of the most great. exciting plays and his regression to the mean tweeted out and this is just funny because i was looking for the actual video of it this game was over the second a texan hit the fidget spinner on top of joe Flacco, <laughs> and i think that's exactly right that was uh something you know there's some history there because uh, the rosencopter happened when sage rosenfeld went to to do the uh the old john elway and got Spun up in the air. This was uh, the defender for the Texans doing it, Desmond King. And uh, that was just pretended good things to come. They won. Oh, we did game. mention
0: Taylor Swift's jacket.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh. Made, made by Kyle Yuschek's wife.
0: Lovely young lady who uh, who apparently makes custom um, NFL gear.
2: Yeah. You will now be seeing that on your Instagram.
1: My YouTube. sister just texted me during the podcast and said she Instagram DM'd her and asked her if she could make a breech one. And I was like, <laughs> I can respond to you, but I'll mention on the podcast to get you a shout-out, and maybe she will.
2: I bet she she responds. She showed up in my Instagram reels last week, and maybe my phone heard me talking about football or something, and she made a jacket, and she did a really good job. It was a Green Bay jacket for Simone Biles because her husband plays for the Packers. That's exactly what it was. So now everyone who's listening to this and you too, your Instagram.
1: And how do you feel? How do you think Brittany Mahomes feels? I think she had the same jacket on, but they kept calling it the the Taylor Swift jacket.
2: Yeah, because I think that according to Mr. Tarico that they made it for the entire group of Chiefs fans. So, but Taylor Swift's obviously, she's the
1: the face. Well,
0: of that she, um, I know because I happened to see this early on that she. I mean, she went from a couple hundred followers to four thousand two hundred fifty four at last check. Obviously, she only follows one person, Kyle check and her pen tweet or her last tweet is um how do you a reminder of how do you spell use check she goes it's j-u-s and then zebra cat zebra yellow kitten is how she remembers how to spell her last name (laughs) that is hilarious
2: (laughs) all right that's uh feels like a fitting way to end the podcast
1: (laughs)
0: brinson is a zebra cat and wilson's a zebra yellow kitten J U S. So people are like, "How do you spell your last name again?" J U S. Zebra cat, zebra yellow kitten. No, no. You ever gonna forget that again?
2: Um, I would like to forget the last thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> uh, happy birthday to John Breach! I will not forget that. I've made a note it's in my right. uh, my right. written calendar. I don't
1: have a. It's still my birthday in Nashville, Brinson. Oh, geez. go Central Time! Happy birthday, buddy. Go Central. I texted you Wilson didn't. All right, that's it. But don't worry, people.
2: We'll be back tomorrow night. Recap the Sunday night Super Wild Card weekend. Uh, and that'll be Packers Cowboys, Rams, Lions, another big game for Brenson there. Revenge game on both sides. So check back to that in the meantime. For will Brenson for John Birthday Boy Breach and producer Harry. I'm Ryan Wilson. Thanks for watching, listening, and commenting. And we will see you guys tomorrow.